0: Well, without further ado, this is the opportunity where we give our online guests, we tell them good morning and hello and welcome to West Houston Christian Center. We're happy that you're tuning in with us this morning. So this is the opportunity where we get to take notes and go back over the week and just write down and look and see what our pastors told us this, told us this morning and study the Word of God. Hallelujah. So we're going to introduce our pastor. So without further ado, I would like for everyone to stand up, yeah. show honor where honor is due, give a round of applause to our pastor, <laughs> Pastor Hallelujah. Jack C. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now just close your eyes and lift up your hands and let's just welcome His presence. We've already had such an amazing morning. You know, He's faithful. Amen? He's faithful. And just for a second, let's take, let's take a minute, maybe two minutes, and when I count three, I want you to start listing all the things to yourself that you're thankful for. And I don't want you to stop. Amen? So on the count of three, you just begin telling God everything that you're thankful for. Are you ready? One, two, three. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, you're so good. You're so faithful. You're so true. You're so just. You're so perfect. You're so right. Father, I'm so thankful today, God. Thankful for my life. Thankful, Father, for my beautiful wife, for my children. Thank you, God, for this wonderful church and these beautiful people, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the air in my lungs. Thank you, Father, that I got a choice of cars and what I'm going to drive to church this morning. Thank you, Lord, that there's food in the refrigerator. Thank you, Lord. Father, that you've put me in the greatest country in the world, Father, with the most freedom the world's ever seen, with the greatest economy, the most opportunity, Father. Thank you, Lord, for all the the blessings, Father. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that, that should have happened to me, Lord, and they didn't. Thank you, Lord, Father, when you protected me, Father, even from myself, Heavenly Father. So, Lord, there's just so much. There's so much. Come on, keep telling him how thankful you are. There's so many things in our lives that we take for granted that if it wasn't for the goodness of God, we wouldn't be here this morning. Thank you, Lord. I got more than one suit to choose from this morning. Thank you, Lord, that I have options and opportunity in my life. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen? Amen? love it. All right, you may be seated. Well, are you happy to be in the House of the Lord this morning? I, uh, I apologize. i was uh, I missed last Sunday, and uh, I heard Doug was amazing. and uh, Doug was one of the mentors in my life, probably still is one of the mentors in my life. And uh, you know, Saturday we had done the outreach. Let me show you a couple of pictures. We did a Wham outreach. Uh, last Saturday, and we got to go feed uh, 400, I believe 200 families, amen, and uh, had the opportunity to go to West Houston Assistance Ministries and be a blessing and set up food boxes and minister to a bunch of people, and uh, uh, we had an amazing time, and uh, those are 50 pound bags of carrots uh, that we got to play with. And uh, we had a big team. I think we had close to 25 to 30 people that actually showed up and were a part of that outreach. And it was amazing. Thank you for showing those guys. We had a great outreach yesterday. And we were able to go into an apartment complex and be a blessing. And uh, we're going to have you some pictures and some update on that. And for those that are taking us up on what we've challenged you with this year, how many of you have gone on an outreach for the very first time this year? I got a hand in the back. I got one, a couple of hands. Amen. Amen. Never been on an outreach before. I am, we're trying to challenge everybody this year as a part of the four things of what we're doing. Number two is, is we want to be doers of the word. Amen. And uh, Jesus said, because we just heard him. He just said it. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. So we're encouraging everybody to get involved in some sort of outreach, whether it be with us through an official one or invite somebody to church. That's outreach. Amen. Be a blessing to somebody somewhere with the love of God and with Jesus. And that is outreach. Um, Unfortunately, last Saturday I got uh, violently ill, which I don't get sick. And uh, that's how I knew that that something was off. And uh, i never been felt like that before in my life, never will feel like that again. And uh, the mistake that I made was is that it hit me the week before, but I kept thinking it's just going to go away tomorrow. It's going to go away tomorrow. It's just going to go away. I'll be fine. Take this, do a little bit of this. And I never really fully frontal addressed it. And uh, man, it hit uh, the culmination of it last Saturday night. And uh, bless my wife and my kids. <laughs> you know, what do you do with a 220-pound man that can't move on the bathroom floor? You know, nothing. That's the answer to that question, nothing. And uh, so she prayed and blessed me, but it really, it really affected me that I missed Sunday with Doug. And uh, amen. So I learned, and uh, we're going to move on. We're going to keep talking about the steps of faith. Amen. And this is a series that I started two weeks ago, and we're discussing the steps of faith. Say this, every step I take is a step of faith. Every step that I'm doing right now, everything that I'm doing is a step of faith. And what I want to hope to do today is uh, unequivocally be able to explain to you that each and every one of us are going to leave here on the path for God's will for your life. That's good information, isn't it? How many of you want to know what God's will for your life is? Amen. God is not playing a wicked giant game of hide and go seek with your future and with your destiny. God is not Monty Hall. You got door number one, door number two, and I got a tiger behind door number three. God is not some wicked game master that likes to toil with his creation to mess with them. I like to mess with my kids. I get joy out of it sometimes. I, I, I will say, see Luke's back there just shaking it. See Luke's all alone now. He used to have Jack and Emily and I would mess with them. But now I just got Luke to mess with and I like it. Um, my dad messed with me. I'm sure his dad messed with him. My dad would chase me with a water hose. When, well, never mind, when I was very young. Anyway, I'm feeling much better now. I'm, 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 I'm good. God wants us to know exactly what we've been created for, exactly what we've been called to do, and exactly how to get where he wants us to be. It is not a mystery to anybody that's a born-again believer. Who am I? Where am I from? What am I doing? I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel any joy in what I'm doing. No, no, no. God has a plan for our lives today. Amen? Uh, just a, a very, very brief uh, review. We, we talked about Romans chapter 4.12 a couple of weeks ago. And it says, "In the Father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision but who also walk in the steps of faith, which our father Abraham had while still circumcised. And what's very, very, very important to note is the reason that Abraham is called the father of faith, and this is vital, is because Abraham was the first person to understand and learn how to receive from God by faith. He was the very first. God had done a lot of things for a lot of people, but Abraham was the very first person in the earth. Remember, God dealt with Abraham like himself, like a father. He spoke to him father to father because they were both about to give their sons. There's no other two people in history that have done what those two men have done together, what God and what Abraham did. Both of their firstborn promised child sons were required of them for humanity. And God talked to him like a father. He taught him like a father. That's why we're all called, when you walk and step in the steps of faith, we're called the children of who? Abraham. Amen. We are walking. Did you ever think, and I love this picture in my mind, that when you're praying and when you're believing God for something or someone, you are praying to the exact same God that Abraham did. You are praying to the exact same God that Isaac and Jacob and David and all the Old Testament prophets. You are going to them the exact same way that they did. Think about that. It's an amazing thought. But the beauty of us is we've got Jesus Christ in our lives. See, they didn't have Christ in them living and we do. So how much more should we know what God's will is for our lives? They were hearing voices. We got a book. We got the Holy Ghost. We got the helper. Amen. There is no excuse for any of us not knowing what God has called us or created us to do. He's given us every advantage that there is. Amen. Every advantage that there is. So, how do I take a step of faith? That's a good question, isn't it? How do I take a step of faith? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. We should all know Proverbs 3, 5, backwards and forwards. Amen? Amen. This is all a scripture about faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all my ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct my path. I have got to learn to acknowledge God not in just some of the places of my life, not in just the comfortable places of my life, not just in the places where I'm, I, I, I like them or my strengths. No, no, I've got to learn to acknowledge God in every area of my life. Listen to me. God is not a micromanager. Satan is. Satan wants to possess so that he can micromanage every part of your life that's why he uses addiction if he can get you addicted to something then you're no longer driving the bus he is amen God is not his intent is he does not want to tell you go left go right wear this sock wear that sock that's not what God is interested in God is interested in going back to a garden that he created for man and woman And walking with you in the cool of the day. And talking to you and sharing with you all of the mysteries and secrets of this world. God wants a family. It's never changed. God has never changed. Listen to me. Is God the same yesterday, today, and forever? Amen. As I've been studying this out, you know... Enoch. Enoch wasn't even Jewish. Enoch wasn't even in the covenant, but it said he walked with God and God took him. Elisha, I'm sorry, Elijah got taken up in a whirlwind. Amen. Didn't know David was able to look into this covenant and able to get forgiveness of sins because he saw something. Listen to me. God has never changed. And I think all of these people ran into when you spend enough time with God, you cannot help but come face to face with the grace of God. Whether you're Old Testament, New Testament, a sinner, whatever. The more you spend time walking with him in the cool of the day, the more you find out about his character and about this wonderful, powerful New Testament thing that we call grace. Enoch walked with God and you spent so much time with God, God revealed who his true character is because he's always the same. The administrations of the Old Testament and New Testament are different. But that doesn't mean he was different. That just meant how we came to him. He's always the same. He's been the same in the garden, and he'll be the same when we're the thousand-year millennial reign. He's always love. He's always grace. He's always for you. He's always the God of more than enough. He's always, always, always. That's just who he is. Some people, you can hang with them a little bit and they're really good about hiding who they are. But you get them in a little bit of a pressure situation. You know what Mark Twain say? Guests and leftovers are the same. After about three days, they're no good. Amen. You know, you have somebody in your house, you can hide it really, really good for a couple of days. But after about that third day, when you haven't been in your bathroom yet, and there's cars still blocking your driveway, and all the sights and sounds that go along with guests in your house, who you are is going to begin to seep out a little bit. God's not like that. He's always, always always. Always the same. So, Pastor Jack, how do I trust in the Lord with all my heart? Number one, you have got to make a quality decision to walk and live by faith. You have to make. That's the first decision that you have to make. And there's several scriptures, Hebrews 10.38, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Habakkuk 2.4, and we all know these scriptures. Say it with me. The just shall live by faith. All four scriptures, it's in there four times, three times in the New Testament, one time in the Old Testament. The just shall live by faith. We have to purpose to immerse ourselves to follow God in every area of our lives. God did not create us or have us born again and then just send us back in to live just this, this life that we're trying to, to pick apart and make for ourselves. Amen? Think about it. The creator, the maker of the universe came into our hearts, came into our lives. All that creative power is inside each and every one of us. He never, listen to me, God never destined anybody for poverty. God did not predetermine who was going to be rich and who was going to be poor and who was going to be married and who was going to be unmarried. No, no, no. Listen to me. If God was sovereign and there's a lot of people that believe that everything good and bad that happens in the earth today is because it's what God wanted. I'm trusting you. There are entire denominations that believe That if you got up and had a flat tire this morning on the way to church, God's will. That if a child dies or a husband leaves, God's will. If God really is in charge of everything, then what do I need faith for? If I really have no control over anything going on, I don't need to live by faith then. He's pulling all the, I have no choice. I'm just stumbling through this life hoping that he doesn't get mad at me. But God gave us this beautiful thing called free will. And then he gave us a measure of his faith. So our will with his faith equals the good life. God wants you to have a good life. Matter of fact, he pre-planned it, prepaid for it, predestined it for you. That all I have to do is get in line with his will and start taking that step of faith. I'll start walking towards or on that path that he made for my life. My life, the second that I got born again, got better. Now listen to me. This is the part we get hung up on when I talk about good life and all those types of things. Had I known some of the places he was going to lead me, I might not wanted to have gone there because there were some painful things that took place in some of those areas. The desert is not a pleasant pr- place. It's just not. When we have to get somewhere where we make Him our sole source, it's not a pleasant place all the time to be there. Amen? We believe in prosperity. We believe in all these wonderful things, but we also believe that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. Amen? God, you don't get born again and there's a check for a million dollars. Now, how's that for an evangelism program? Get saved, get a million dollars. I think the church would be full tomorrow. But there is a path. There is a journey. There is steps of faith that God wants each and every one of us to take. But just know that every step of faith that you take And everything that you learn while you're in the midst of that journey is setting you up and preparing you for where God wants you to be ultimately. What we're trying to do is we're trying to hurry up and get through some of these steps because they're uncomfortable. I'm trying to hurry up and get through some of these steps because it's not pleasant. But what God is saying this morning is that, look, everywhere that I led Abraham, it wasn't fun, happy. Let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. It just wasn't. There were some things that Abraham had to learn and had to get delivered from, but it was all included in his package. Listen to me. Did Abraham have a boring life? He had one of the most exciting lives you could ever want. Walking and living by faith is the funnest, most exciting, purposeful things that we could ever do. Because you're doing it with him. So number one, I have to make a quality decision to walk and live by faith. Now, that word shall live, when it says the just shall live by faith, this is what shall live means. It means to live. It means to stay alive. It means to be preserved. It means to flourish. It means to enjoy life. And it means to live in happiness. What about that doesn't sound good? Is there anything in there that you're like, oh, that happiness? I don't know how to react with that. <laughs> I love depression. <laughs> Said no one ever. The just shall live, shall flourish, shall be happy, shall increase by faith. See, we're all looking for the good life, and it's right here in front of us. It's actually in that book sitting in your lap. That's the key to everything good that you want, you already have. But what I have to do is I have to push aside my vision. See, on Tuesday night, we found out that we have four visions in our life. You need to come on Tuesday nights. I have God's vision for my life. I have the devil's version for my life. I have the version that I've tried to make for my life. And then I have the vision that other people have tried to put on me for my life. And there's only one vision that's going to lead you to his provision. And that's his. He knows better than us. Amen. He's leading us. He's guiding us. So the only way that I can live by faith is to walk and do the word of God. Amen. Romans 10, 17. So faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. If you want a good life, if you want a life of faith, if you want that blessed life, you've got to have a life of the Word. That is the source of all faith. Coming to church is a wonderful thing. Praying in tongues is a wonderful thing. Going on outreaches are wonderful things. Giving to the poor, amazing, wonderful things. But those cannot take the place of spending quality time in the Word of God Individually discovering, see, that's walking with God in the cool of the day. When you lay open that majestic book and you go into it for a purpose and for a reason, and you begin to find out who God says that you are, your faith begins to grow. When you're dealing with sickness in your body and you look and find out, oh, Jesus healed people. More importantly, we found out it was God's will for people to be healed. Some people don't believe that it's God's will for healing. But you know there's not one verse that ever supports that thinking. Find me one verse. Find me one verse that says it's not God's will for you to be healed. Find it for me in the Bible. But I can show you 19 different times that Jesus healed people... And they asked him, Lord, if it be thy will. And he said, come on, it's my will. You got to know without a shadow of a doubt that it's God's will for you to walk in divine healing. Amen. You got to know that there can't be any wavering on that. You got to know that you know that you know. Romans 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The more time you spend in the word with him, the more of his desires that you get. Amen. Your desires and his desires become one. And next thing you know, now you're walking this thing out because you have his desires and your desires. If God gave us evil desires, we'd never fulfill a purpose and plan for our lives. If God gave us evil desires, we would never end up where we were supposed to be. So He gives us His desires so we know how to walk. We need to know what we're looking for. Amen? God has never led anybody to less. There's nobody that hung around with God that ever ended up dumb, poor, stupid, or broke. You ever see the people that God works with? I mean, it's not like He's going to Harvard or Yale, you know, looking for the... He picked me. He chose me. I mean, he went, he went to the well big time. God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for people that will be obedient to what he tells them to do. Listen to me. You, you want to change the world? Give me one person that knows how to believe God in any situation and you'll change the world. One person. It just takes one person that will dare to take God at his word and believe. It just takes one Just one. That's why it's so important for us to live and walk and breathe by faith. God has got to be our source in every area of our life. Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, desire toward God and you will have desires from God. And he will meet you on the line of those desires when you reach out to him with simple faith. I'll read that again desire toward God and you will have desires from God and he will meet you on the line of those desires when you reach out with simple faith we were talking about this in staff the other day when we, we get together once a week we have a book that we're reading we discuss the word and the more we start talking about the word the more Jesus starts to manifest in our midst and we all start getting revelation and we all start talking and, and I, I just simply, I felt like the Lord said this to me. If you want to guarantee a life of purpose, purpose each day to serve God. If you don't know what the will is for God is for your life today, get up tomorrow morning and purpose to serve Him with all your heart. And then the next day, and then the next day, and the next day. And at the end of your life, you will have a life where you have been fulfilled where you have made an impact, where you've been a person of purpose, where you've had influence, where you have left a mark. See, I want to leave a mark on this world. When I leave here, I want to leave something behind. I want to leave a legacy behind in this world. That's not going to happen in my own strength. I could try and make a monument to myself. Maybe we could put a statue out there next to the fountain. But you know, statues get old they break they fall down people forget who they are i want to leave a lasting influence and the greatest way that i can do that is to leave a legacy of faith to my children i need to be passing down my children need to learn and have to know how to walk and live by faith we have to pass it down we have to pass it down have to pass it down it's vital We've used this statement before that faith begins where the will of God is known. Amen? Have you heard that before? Faith begins where the will of God is known. You don't know. I I cannot believe God for something if I don't know if it's His will for me to have it or not. So I have to first know what His will is. Is it God's will for me to have another man's wife? How do you know? He's very specific about it in the book. There's nothing ambiguous about any of that kind of stuff, is there? Do I know it's God's will for me to walk in divine health? How do you know? It's in the book. So I know his will. And so because I know his will, then I can have faith for it because I know it's his will for me to have it. Amen. So faith begins where the will of God is known. So we need to know what's his will. For my life. What's his will in the things that I'm doing? Is his will in it? Listen to me. God cannot bless our rebellious visions. He can't bless it. You might be diligent. You might be hardworking. You might be sacrificing to do what you're doing. But unless God has called you to do that thing... It's rebellion. That's hard to hear sometimes, isn't it? I, God's only going to bless what's in his will. So I need to be smack dab in the middle of his will in order for there to be the blessing on my life. There just is. So listen to me. There's two types of people. There are people in the room right now and you know what the will of God is for your life. You're just not doing it. That's hard to hear sometimes. Amen. I've been there. God, we keep asking, God, 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 what do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do? I already told you, man, just finish school. You finish school. And then after that, I reveal to you the next part. God, 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 what's your will? I need you to go serve in the children's department. Gotcha. No. God, 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 I want to know what your will is. You never went over and talked to the neighbor like like I wanted you to. See, until we do the last thing that he told us to do, he's not going to reveal to us the next steps in our life. You got, because there's something that you need from that step that's going to help you do the next step. You got to have it. Amen? We got to have it. So, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Urged on by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance. And he went, although he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was to go. Why didn't Abraham trouble his mind or worry about where he was supposed to go? Because he knew the will of God. He had no problem going anywhere that God told him to go because he knew exactly what God's will was in that situation. He didn't worry about any of the details because he knew he was doing what God asked him to do. Every step of faith is a step of obedience. Every step of faith is a step of obedience. It's me learning to listen to the voice of God and taking that step of faith. And when I take, listen, I'm so glad that we're going to be together forever and that I don't have to finish today. (laughs) You don't want me to finish today. I, uh, uh, my birth mother came into town and she flew in from California and she went to San Antonio and there was no way for her, uh, and her husband to come here. And so I volunteered, I said, well, I'll drive up there on Thursday. And, uh, she's staying at, um, one of their other children's and son's house and it's up in the hills around Bandera in San Antonio. Anybody know where that is? It's beautiful hill country. It's gorgeous, but it's hills and it's mountains and it's deer And it's wildlife. And so I got my phone out, and I put in my GPS. And I put in the address of where I wanted to go. So I started driving. Now, part of the trip, I knew. I know I-10. Everybody knows I-10. Everybody hates I-10. So we're driving down (laughs) I-10. Me and 18,000 trucks and repair vehicles and crazy people, we're driving down that I-10. Well, then the GPS says, all right, get off at this loop. Okay, I trust it. So I follow the GPS, and it took me around this loop. And then it said, okay, after this loop, go up to this street or this freeway and take another ride. Okay, I've never been here before, but I'm going to trust this GPS. I'm trusting it. I've never been here before. I know where I'm supposed to go, but I don't recognize anything of where I am. So i got to trust what this Piece of technology is trying to tell me so I'm driving and then I get into a little town comfort and then I get into a little town center and everything's getting smaller the roads are getting smaller the trucks are getting smaller the everything's kind of and there's fewer and fewer buildings and there's no gas stations and now it says take a left on this road I don't want to go on that road that road looks scary I started hearing now, 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 now. Deliverance music. So I, I go down this road and I start seeing dead deer on the side of the road. Snap! People are dying up in here trying to get to these places. And so finally the GPS leads me to my last right turn. I come off this road. There's no more yellow stripes in the middle of the road two-lane highway people are honking to get by and there's this gravel dirt uneven road that goes up this hill and this is where the gps is telling me to go i'm lost there's no way that where i need to be is up there because i can't see it i don't know if my car can make it up this thing I'm getting ready to start calling people. Hey, I'm lost. Find me. But I'm like, no. So I turn the car and I start going up this hill. And I go and I go. And then all of a sudden, it opens up. And there's a beautiful gate. And there's a beautiful home. And I've arrived exactly where I'm supposed to be. Exactly at the time I'm supposed to be there. Every step we take, see, we're not always going to like the right turn or the left turn. This is the biggest one. Men, this is why women hate driving with us. There were a couple times I said, I know better than the GPS, I know better than that satellite. I I know things. I watch the news, I am informed. And a lot of times we miss where we're supposed to be and we're not where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there because we don't trust the satellite. See, listen to me. Your walk with God and your steps of faith in the will of God, you're not always going to see what's ahead of you. And it's really not about what you see. It's about trusting Him in the journey. Had I stopped... 500 yards short, I would have missed the food, the fellowship, the joy, the blessing, and everything that I got to to experience getting to see that side of the family, which I've seen maybe 10 times my whole life. See, sometimes we miss God because we want to be the GPS. I want to input where I'm supposed to be. I want to be in charge, Lord. I don't want to trust and I don't want to trust you we would rather sometimes live on a fixed income and barely get by than trust Him for more. Biblical prosperity is not how many mansions or boats, how much gold you wear, what kind of car you drive. Biblical prosperity is you being able to take care of more people than yourself. That's biblical prosperity. If I can't help somebody, I am no good to you. That's why we believe God for finances. That's why we believe God for money. That's why we believe God for TV equipment. That's why we believe God for church buildings and those types of things. It's because Abraham's original blessing was that he said, You will be blessed to be a blessing. I am not blessed. To attack my own appetites and fleshly desires. I'm not. Now, in the midst of serving God, you cannot help but be blessed. You just can't. It's a byproduct of knowing God. If you are faithful and obedient and walk those steps of faith, you're going to have nice things. If you will follow biblical principles and so, you're going to have nice things. And don't you let anybody talk you out of the nice things. That is that as much God as anything else. You are allowed to be prosperous and to be rich. But you have to be prosperous in God, not in money. It's not about money. Money's a part of it, but it's not about money. Money's not the central thing. I want to be a blessing to the world around me. Amen. Let me leave you with this. Jesus and everybody knows the story. He goes to the Gadarenes. And as soon as Jesus gets out of the boat, the madman of the Gadarenes meets him. And is uh, demon-possessed. And, and Jesus says, who are you? And the, and the demon man possess- says, my name is Legion, for there are many inside of me. This is, a, this is a naked, crazy man that's living in the tombs. And oh, by the way, what's there to eat when you're living in the tombs? This guy is as far away and as gone as humanly possible. Demon possessed from top to bottom. There is nobody. This is the Satan's version of Samson. They'd try and bind him with chains and he would break him off. They'd try and clothe him. He wouldn't wear any clothes. He was cutting himself. He was screaming. He was crazy. And Jesus cast the devil out and the demons all say, don't cast us out. And Jesus puts him in the swine and they have, you talk about a feral hog problem, and they run, all 2,000 run into the water and die. And the next thing you know, people walk up and there's this insane, crazy man that had been filled with the devil. The Bible says clothed and sitting in his right mind. And the people were like, Jesus, you gotta get out of here. This isn't, that tells you how messed up they were. They're trying to get Jesus, you gots to go. And the the one that was demon possessed says, Jesus, I want to go with you. And Jesus says, no, no, I need you to go back to your hometown and go tell people about the goodness of God and what's done here today. Get this, get this, because I'm going to finish with this. That demon possessed man knew within seconds of what God's will for his life was once he got saved. He knew within a split second, the second he got born again, he immediately knew exactly what he'd been called to do and what the will of God was for his life. God is not playing hide and seek with your future. He's wanting to take a walk with you, and He's wanting to share it with you, and He's wanting to provide on it for you. Can I give you one more verse? Ephesians. I was sharing this with Michelle yesterday. It was so good. Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians chapter two, verse. 10. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, but I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It says, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live there is a prearranged good life that god has for each and every one of you and if you will take his vision and his obedience and learn to walk and live by faith you will have a good life amen hallelujah thank you lord so good I'm going to invite our prayer partners to come right now. All of our prayer partners, if you would come. I don't want you to leave here today. If you need somebody to agree with you in prayer over any situation, then we've got a strong group of men and women that are down here that are ready, willing, and able. Listen to me. This isn't counseling, and this isn't rehearsing problems. This is walking up to one of these people and saying... I am dealing with this. Would you agree with me getting the mind of God concerning this situation? Does that make sense? Amen. So I'm just gonna open up the altars as I pray. Feel free to come forward. This is open to anybody that's in the room, any man, any woman, any child, whoever. If you need somebody to agree with you in prayer, then this is your chance right now. Father, we thank you right now, Lord, that all through this congregation, men and women are moving. Father, I thank you, Lord, uh, for those that need prayer this morning. I thank you, Lord, for these prayer partners that are here, Lord, that they're anointed, that they have a gifting and calling in them. And, Father, we thank you that right now, Lord, we thank you for answers to hard things. We thank you for the blessing of the Lord, which makes one rich, and you add no sorrow to it. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand to our feet. And for those that want to come, you're free to come now.